1: Everybody, Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm a writer for The Athletic. And each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Now one of the most requested drivers, actually probably the most requested driver we've gotten uh, over the last few years has been Kevin Harvick. Haven't been able to uh, make the schedules work out with him since 2019. But guess what? Late this season, just a few weeks ago, I got some notice that he would be available to do one by phone. And I certainly want to jump at that opportunity, given how many people want to hear from him. So here we go. Let's welcome Kevin Harvick back to the 12 questions podcast. All right, everybody. I'm back for another 12 questions with Kevin Harvick, the most requested driver to come on the 12 questions. So Kevin, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thanks very much.
0: No problem. No problem.
1: So the first question this year is, how do, you, how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes?
0: I think that's what they bought. So I would recline it. And if people don't like the recline, then they should, um, they should recline their seat and hope for the best. <laughs> if, everybody rec- if everybody reclines, it, it should be fine. So I'm, I'm good with it.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, how often do you get recognized at the grocery store?
0: Uh depends on what grocery store I'm at. Um I would say I live in Charlotte, so it's not often, but if we go to the grocery store during the race weekend it's a little bit different. So um but not much don't get bothered much at home.
1: Interesting. Okay. See I thought, you know, maybe the Charlotte people would be more aware, but um or maybe they're just leaving you alone. Yeah.
0: Well I live in I live in South Charlotte, so it's kinda out of the out of the rat race of of mooresville
1: okay yeah yeah that makes sense uh on a scale one to ten how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner
0: um i would consider myself a nine
1: wow wow yeah
0: i i think it's completely disrespectful to not reply to a text message unless you're asleep that would be the only time that i don't reply Uh, after a race win or something going good or bad, whatever it is, I try to make sure that whether it's five messages or 500 messages, that they're all done by the end of the next day.
1: Oh man, you are putting me to shame because my excuse is always, well, I have two kids, so it's hard for me sometimes to, to write back in a timely manner, but here you are with two kids and busy guy and you're, you're doing it. So.
0: If I have if I have a lot, I'll wake up earlier in the morning so I don't take time away from my kids. So that um, I, I just feel like it's sending somebody the middle finger if you don't respond to them in a timely fashion.
1: Wow, I love it! I love it. Uh, what is the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who will not stop talking?
0: Usually, usually for me, it's um, all right. Well, I have I have a call or I have a meeting, and I'll talk to you later. I'm not really shy about about figuring out how to get out of conversations.
1: <laughs> I could see that you you have sort of that nature about you where you're just like, look, I mean, we're done, we're done here. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's usually it's usually it's usually you know I I'm a I'm a pretty schedule oriented person and and if I have, if I don't have anything to do, I'll probably stand there and talk to you. But if we're talking about something that I don't want to be talking about. Um, you know, I think it's, um, you know, it's it's usually I, I have something else to do.
1: Gotcha. Uh, if you could pick only one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be?
0: Uh, I would say Twitter because I, that's the one I use the most. Um, the rest of it, Facebook is, seems out of date and Instagram, I just haven't spent enough time on to. To really understand all the ins and outs of it, and it just seems, it seems like there's way too much going on on Twitter. I can post, hit send, put my phone down, and move on.
1: Yes, and we all appreciate that you do for sure. Well, not the move on part. I yeah. mean, you can keep tweeting all day, and we'd we'd all eat it up. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what advice would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made?
0: Uh, in this business, if you have a hard time getting over a mistake, you you need to figure it out pretty quick because this this deal will eat you up and spit you out. And that's really one of the keys to being consistent in our sport is is being able to get over things and being confident in yourself to to move on and and understand that you're here for a reason. You know how to do this, and and um, you know short-term memory is a necessity at our level.
1: Yeah, that that makes total sense to me. Uh, so this next one is a wild card question, and I'm mixing it up for each person. And I'm still just sort of like, I don't know if the word's hung up or fascinated by, you know, drivers speaking out in this era. And and you made you know a very conscious decision to speak out this fall um, about stuff you were passionate about. Um, I just feel like it maybe it catches me so off guard because we're we're just not used to seeing drivers be so strong against NASCAR without fearing repercussions and, you know, arguably you did get some, uh, repercussions by being pulled for inspection after that. So I guess, has it been, have you found it worth it? Like with all that's gone on, has it been worth it for you to use your voice and use your platform in that way of you as you have recently?
0: Absolutely. My runway's short and I'm at the, I don't give a shit level and I just want it to be right for my peers. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, we have a lot of really young kids, uh, that are in a position to where they don't want to speak up. And, you know, I think not riping all the time is important. I think speaking up when you feel like you're, you know, in a situation that needs to be addressed is important so that people take you seriously because it's not something that you can do all the time. Um, but you know, I feel, I feel very good about the the situation that that we've been vocal about, and I think the drivers have done a good job in in coming together and 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 trying to understand what's going on, what's happening, and and so you know, I think it's um, you know, for for me, it's all been worth it, and you know, I, I just like I say, I want I want these guys and and myself to to be in a position that that's better than. Uh, Where it is right now and and I think that you know ramping that pressure up is is what what we all needed and and I think that There's more common ground between all parties than probably uh, everyone knew, and now there's progression forward to 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 make things better
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting Um, So if someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration?
0: tough question you know, I think wrecking somebody to win the race is probably different than wrecking somebody running 10th. So, you know, I think that um, for the win, you usually have a lot more, you usually have more understanding of the, of the situation. You don't like it, but, you know, I think it's, um, it's definitely, it's definitely something that you, you know, you File in the back of your memory bank, and and you and you handle that down the road, and hope that it, hope that it comes full circle, and and you can use that you can use that free ticket in the same situation. But I don't think so. I don't okay. think you interrupt that celebration.
1: All right. What movie do you think you've seen the most times in the last year?
0: Um, I mean it's going to be a kids movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't really, I don't really have the luxury of watching my own movies anymore.
1: (laughs) So I totally understand.
0: Um, most of them I just, I just tune out. Um, but we've watched everything from, Oh my God. We, we watch keep watches YouTube and dumb videos and Piper watches, you know, usually it, it, it varies. So, I don't know that we, we can all agree in our house on, on who's watching what, because everybody watches something different. My wife is 1500 European movies and Piper's animated cartoons. And, but I do like, I do, I will sit and watch Piper does like to watch Tom and Jerry, like old school Tom and Jerry. So I I will sit down and and watch those with her. So, um, but that's, There's really nothing consistent in our house as far as what we watch because it's so random with the kids. Dirt vision. Dirt
1: vision, yeah. Dirt vision
0: vision or flow. Usually that's that's the only thing that's consistent that I watch. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I I can understand that. Um, When you think about NASCAR five years from now, what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most?
0: Uh, I think the thing I'm the most optimistic about is our drivers you know, I think we have a lot of really good young drivers that have been here for a little bit now, good ones coming up. Um, you know, I'm I'm optimistic about that. I'm nervous about um, just everything that's going on with the teams and, and NASCAR. You know, I I, I hope that, uh, you know, they, they, they come to a common ground, but I think that's not five years out. So, you know, I think that's less than five years out. Um, but, you know, I think the the one thing that, that worries me the most five years out is just where the teams are and and uh, making sure that they're healthy and, and financially healthy and, and doing the things that, that they can do to you know to, to keep the keep the cars where they need to be on the racetrack, enough of them. I hope it stays as I hope the charters stay as competitive as they are now because I you know, I like the, the ownership and, and um but I always, I always worry about the team, so I always want them to be in a, in a healthy position.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so a magic genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over, but the catch is that you get to retain all of the knowledge and experience you have now. So do you go back and do it all again, or do you stay where you are in the present? Mm, I think the only thing that I'd like to see
0: changed, obviously the experience for me was drastically different than anybody else that that went through their their career just because of everything that happened with with dale but if i had that if i had that to do over again i i would i would you know take his accident out of the equation and and be able to race with him so i think for me if i if i had that magic genie i i would do it all over again just because of that i mean it's it's been great experience for me and there's been a lot of great things that have happened and and evolved but you know having him around would have been would have been great to, um, you know, to have on the race team, but you know, to have him around our sport and, and everything that comes with that would have been highly valuable.
1: Yeah, man, I can only imagine. Um, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. The last one I did was with Kyle Bush and Kyle says, what is something you would like to have different in Keelan's racing path versus yours do you feel like you wanted to do something coming up that you didn't get to do, but are going to make sure that Keelan does?
0: Yeah, he needs to be able to race a lot of things. And that's really the path that, that we've been on lately. You know, he's been, he's raced the go-kart stuff here. He's kind of messed around with the dirt car stuff here and there at, the, at Millbridge and um, in the Legends car now, headed to Europe next year to, to race his go-kart and, and then you know, things will evolve. So I want, you know, I think in today's world, you need to be very versatile in what you can do inside the race car. And you need to see a lot of things because I think the kids win too much here um, when they just sit in one division. And I think they, you know, I think it would be very valuable to most of the kids to lose more and have their, you know, have their, have their, have their mind wrapped around what it's like to lose, what it's like to struggle. Um, and know that there's always somebody out there that's better than you.
1: And so that's that's really where the, the Europe mindset and having him go race in Europe comes from, I assume?
0: Yeah, I mean, our goal was to you know, take him as far outside of his element as possible, race people that he doesn't know um, in a country that he doesn't understand the language, do a lot of it on his own, you know to, to to figure it out right either either sink or swim so you can either figure it out or you can you can you can not, not do well so you know he's competitive enough uh, enough to where he wants to do well and and he's you know slowly started to started to figure it out so um, but I, I think that as many situations as we can put him in being comfortable being uncomfortable the better off he'll be down the road
1: yeah wow that's super interesting Um, So the next interview I'm doing is with Landon Castle. Do you have a question I can ask Landon?
0: Yeah, I'd like to know why I should invest in crypto.
1: (laughs) That is a good one. (laughs) Very valid for Landon too. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay, that's perfect. Well, man, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do this. I I know everybody's really going to enjoy hearing it, so thanks.
0: No problem. No problem, man. Thank you.
1: All right, everybody, there you have it, Kevin Harvick on the 12 Questions podcast. So happy he was able to join us, and hopefully those of you who have been asking uh, to hear from him on this series uh, will be pleased with that uh, episode there. Uh, And this, of course, leaves just one left, Landon Castle, who always does the season-ending 12 questions. He also uh, is the test dummy for the 12 questions, helps refine them. Um, as many of you know uh, before the season and then he goes last to answer them at the end of the season. so we will be conducting that interview shortly and that will wrap up this season of the 12 questions and there'll be some sort of a new version I would assume next year uh, again, I don't know I-, I heard from some of you after um, one of the recent episodes where I asked what what should we do what should we do should we do uh you know the same format where we're, it's you know the same twelve questions every week? Should we mix up all twelve questions every week? Should we do like a twelve minutes type thing where we just talk about whatever? Um, it's really about what you guys want to listen to and read. Um, so yeah, let me know. Keep sending that feedback in. So far, it seems pretty much like you like the you know sort of traditional twelve questions. Personally, I guess toward the end of the year, I sort of go, oh man, I've been asking these thirty whatever times all year. Uh, it's hard to find questions that still uh, feel fresh after that many times uh asking them in that many months but if you guys like that format happy to keep doing it and uh just come up with 12 new questions in the off season well 11 plus the wild card i guess so anyway uh thanks as always for listening and i will talk to you one final time next week on the 12 questions podcast for 2022.